you. And now, <laughs> about to witness the awesome, crushing might of the U. Gene S. Robinson Show Didn't hear nothing out of the left ear. I don't know. Stop it! I think the kid's crying in the other room. Anyway, my friends, welcome to a show that seemingly never ends. This is version of one, eight, uh, six of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome to a show that never ends, singing us in as he has since 2007. Bob Riley, singer for Stigmata. The record is called The Calling of the Just. The bumper music for the show, as always, is intro all of nothing. Intro slash verdue all of nothing. <laughs> Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where not only do they shoot their death in a nightclub, Hit your car with a hammer and run your mayor pro ten out of town, but they still sell the CD. Buy it. Revelation Records going in type stigmata, calling of the just. You'll appreciate it. The songs are all as good as this one, and they don't have me talking over it. But listen and listen to the reason why it's a bumper music. Sing it, Bob. I took my time, but I could not see so clear, but I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So be in payback and for always nothing. All right, my friends. Welcome, my friends, to a show that apparently never, seemingly never ends. This is version 186. Next version, next week, will be special because it's 187. On an undercover cop. On an undercover cop. Mm, that's what made Snoop famous. The silky smooth tones of Snoop Dogg. Uh, back in whenever that was. That cut for, what was the name of the movie? Deep Cover. With uh, uh, Brooklyn Flatbush resident Lawrence Fishburne. Who I know way more about than I care to. In any case, let's get the commercials out of the way. Those of you who have been donating, I appreciate it. Eugene dash uh, Robinson dash 28. I think that's the, the cash app or it's the Venmo one of the two. Pinko, P-I-N-K-O 95014 at yahoo.com. Oh, my God. I haven't checked that in a long time. That's how you get to the PayPal. Uh, Patreon.com. Patreon.com, patreon.com slash the stomper. 
Or you could just do it the old-fashioned way via the mail. Though the mail, people have been sending us presents for the kid, and the, the post office at Stanford has been sending it back. So I don't know if that's the most reliable. But Tommy LB stuff is getting through single-handedly, keeping this show afloat. Mr. Tommy Pounds. You can send it, send it that way too, the old-fashioned way of your choosing. If you care, if you care to have this continue in a way that's somehow significant, that's the way to do it. Commercials are done. Uh, okay, are the commercials done? All right, so let me let me let me bring you up to speed, as is our want on this show. Strange things have been afoot. I spent nine years alluding to some of those strange things, and I just spent the last two show stompers talking to you about the two things. It's very strange that something's happening with my left ear. Not only, this is the ear that, if you remember the story, when I was out at a midnight showing of Clash's Rude Boy, I got into a gang fight, by which I mean me against a gang in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, through a bottle split open my head and it was actually a, an interesting moment because you never know when you're going to do it's me facing three cousines you don't know what cousines are you know I, I don't know what to tell you watch the sopranos me against three cousines and uh they had a, a wrench broken bottles and an, a german shepherd from the gas station that they had come from for whatever reason and uh they were throwing bottles and they wanted me to run I understood the me- mechanism at that point. Me against three. You know, they wanted to, when you talk, hear, hear them talk about running somebody out of the neighborhood, they wanted to run somebody out. You know, they wanted, but I also knew that, you know, the way telephone works, the game of telephone, if I'm running through Bay Ridge at like one in the morning and a crowd starts to chase because you run and people chase and they say, what did he do? The story could develop in within blocks. He raped Carmine's grandmother by the time I get to the subway and I'm dead. So I'm not running anywhere, besides which I don't like running. So I'm they're throwing, everybody had been drinking before they got to the movie, put the bottles, they're throwing bottles, just bottles, boom, 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 boom. And I'm just about to get out of the, the line of the fusillade of, 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 of rolling rock, I believe it was, bottles. And I want, boom, hit me on the side, side of the ear. And it was like a, a, a water balloon of warm water had exploded under my suit. And I looked down and the, the shirt that I was wearing, I could just it was mottled with my blood. And you never know what you're going to do in, in situations like that. You've heard me talk about, if you watch me on the uh, Drew Stone's uh, Hardcore Chronicles, you, I described uh, John Watson. I described John Watson as doing the platoon. I actually did, you don't, I mean, my God. You know, I, I talked on the old show about getting to something with some guy and saying, you're cruising for a bruising. Yeah, I was shocked, as you are, that that actually came out of my mouth. Suddenly I become fucking Fonzie. <laughs> right. So so this time the bottle hits, it explodes. I get this, this, this warmth. I could look down and it's blood everywhere. And I raise my hands, I raise my fist to the sky and I screamed bloody murder. You hear that expression, scream bloody murder? It was like I raised my fist to the sky and looked at the sky, and I was like, yeah! <laughs> and when I turned my eyes back after entreating God or, or, or whoever, when I turned my eyes back to these three guys, 
that was it. <laughs> they had the numbers. They had the weapons. What they just witnessed <laughs> was me taking the sense the, the platonic triad and pulling it into pulling it into my body. The beautiful, the true, and the good formed as a weapon against them, and they just ran. They dropped the weapons. They dropped the wrench, the baseball bat. They let the dog go. They took off, and I start chasing the guy who I can see uh, 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 who's closest to me. He runs in the theater and he's throwing bottles at me as he as he's at this point now he's in total desperation mode, and I get him over to the phone and I use my patented Eugene S. Robinson a foot stomp. And I began stomping and stomping and stomping until his cousin comes in. He's like, where's a black guy? And, I, and I'm shocked that he actually called me a black guy. I, I, I remember that was enough to stomp me because they, there was no black guy before then. <laughs> you can imagine there was no black. It was like the last scene to do the right thing. There was no black guy before then. It was the other words that were used. Stomping, stomping. He's where's the black guy? And I, I stop and he goes, and he sees... I had the phone where I'm like, you know, Jimmy Burke and Goodfellas stomping. He hit the guy, his fingers are holding on to the phone. I'm like hitting his fingers. And then he, for some reason, he gets me with the black guy and he goes, oh, you calling the cops? Because I guess I had the receiver in my hand. And I was like, no, I'm not going to call the cops. <laughs> why, would I, why would I do that? You know? And so, uh, so I go to the hospital. They don't give me any help. Go to another hospital. They sew this ear hole closed. And when I show up to Stanford as a freshman, my, my earlobe was like a wing. It was sticking out like this. And there was blood still kicked in my face because it was, it was hard. It hurt to, to wash it. Give me a whole shitload of antibiotics. But what I've realized over time is that they sewed this hole shut like tighter. I have a hard time putting earbuds in, earplugs a hard, hard time. And so I'm at Oxbow practice the other day. I stick the earplug in. I showered after jujitsu earlier that day, but I feel in. And somebody said, water is a compression volume liquid. What I didn't know what the hell are you talking about? He says, it doesn't want to evaporate. It'll just jam it in. So now my head is like a bottle. Like I can hear it around. But of course, then you go to jujitsu and surround the one who did this to me. He's elbowing me in the ear. He's punching me in the face. And, and so now whatever is there has gotten worse. So I got this incredible pain and I get dizzy as nausea. It hurts to the touch and I can't hear anything from this ear. So that's a long preamble to say if I pass out on this show, that is the reason why. No, 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 no. You know, I don't need to hear too much. If you've seen Oxbow, you know what, you know what I mean? I'll show you exactly that. I have them right here. The ones I use. But I think I scarred the inside of my ear. It went, you know, stuck him in, and my ear was itching, and I, I did like this. And so now, look, every single one of my problems was compounded by stupid assery. Had I, like, my body was warning me with the GI thing for, for months. I was like, yeah, whatever. Let I go fuck yourself, body. And then the body goes, oh, yeah, okay, you know what? You know what? we need a better way to get your attention. So as you can imagine, the past few weeks, since, since doing the, the, the previous two, uh, previous two uh, show stompers, as well as the sub stacks have been, have been sort of um, wild. I'm behind on everything behind on email. 
Everybody's been interviewing, interviewing me. And of course now in a very public way, because I had a couple of different choices with this whole Aussie thing, right? Like I had a, I had a, a, I couldn't really talk about it while we were negotiating a severance. So I couldn't announce to the world that I needed a job. So I'm sending out resumes like a cockroach trying to get a job from June to now, but I'm just dealing with, you know, corporate types, right? So, you know, in other words, people who are like, oh, this is an interest, if I even make it through the algorithm based on the age. So uh, I'm not going to go into the whole thing before, but so uh, it's announced to the world via the New York Times, via Forbes, Business Insider, Axios, all the people I've done interviews, the podcast I've done, that I'm that I'm that I'm currently looking for an engagement. So many people, and I say when I say many, I mean five or six have come up with credible offers. Some of them actually uh, household names. Yeah, there you go. Some of them, <laughs> some of them uh, household names, right? And 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 I start to I start to think, um, you, you know. Uh, I start to I start to like in a McGruff the crime dog sense. I start to get impressed with um, expediency. You know, like if I don't do something fast, you know, I'll be here six six months from now and I'll have nothing. And I was like, you know what, you know what, the greatest grift and the the grifters and the graft happens when people you know pimp scarcity. You know, and, and I, I have never I cringe. When I think of the things I almost did when I when I when my understanding of time was slightly different. I gotta send this letter right away. I'll give her a piece of my mind. Don't send the letter. You know how many letters I didn't send that I feel that, that like I, I wake up in the middle like oh, oh thank God I didn't send that letter. <laughs> in the days when people used to send actual letters, emails, whatever. So I got a lot of heavy things on the head vis-a-vis which way I turn in regards to the, to, to the rest of my life. And fundamentally, I figured what I need is really a job, is really a job that's excited about me being me. <laughs> I mean, there are a couple of people, my mother, so my, so role of job of son, I think I'd make my mother pretty happy just being me. But, uh, you know, I, I, that's not a, she can't give me the benefits that health insurance I need. So, but I, I, you know, I'm not looking for a lot of ass kissing. I'm looking for why, you know, generalized public acceptance instead of having to duck and dodge like a cockroach, right? Uh, like a fucking cockroach, right? Like I can't do like this, like I spent nine years, like I can't do this show, like I can't do oxbow stuff. Like I can't. I'm I'm making it sound like they're, but I never know. Is it me who's being unreasonable? Are they being unreasonable? Is it them or is it me? Is it them or is it me? Who gives a shit? As long as the job gets done, I got ten trucks that need to be loaded. You load those trucks. I don't give a shit if you come to work in a skirt. What do I care? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so so, but this is what we're, we're talking about, and this is why we're one of the reasons we're talking about identity to uh, identity today. Look, you realize before Google, actually before Yahoo, because before Google there was Yahoo, before these companies, it was what was that expression that Martin Luther King came up with? Uh, content of character. It's a content of character. 
the content of my character was 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 what was the primary people would and then once you get the job people would be like well this guy's doing a great job and they want to get friendly and they want to know this person who's doing the good job what do you do this weekend eugene uh gardening and that was true i like to garden got a whole garden full of things you know but you know people have a very unrealistic idea about what it what constitutes being in a band they think drugs sex insanity and that certainly could be there if that's what you're interested in. Or it could be unloading gear at two in the morning from a sweaty, dirty club and uh, and trying to get in bed before you have to wake up the next morning and do stuff with your kid. Could be that. Could be that. It could be driving all night so you can get back to your desk uh, on Monday morning without people getting too put out. It could be all of those things. But now Google... And indeed, the culture has moved into a place where everything is for everybody. People are like Eugene, why don't you like Snowden? Why don't you like that uh, 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 Chelsea? Chelsea uh, is it Chelsea Manning? Did I get the name wrong? I said, well, for the same reason that file sharing irks me. Yeah, people in Madagascar. There's a guy who called from Madagascar who's a DJ, locked himself into a studio during one Sunday and played nothing but Oxbow. Very possibly the Oxbow song Sunday again and again until the army kicked in the door and dragged him off to jail for two weeks. This guy told me this. Sent me, sent me an article from some Madagascar paper about his, his stunt. So, yeah, okay. So file sharing has allowed that to happen. But I don't like this idea that that, you know, from my space to sort of that everything, do you realize on job applications right now, they, they in the number of job applications I fill up, that they ask for your social media uh, URLs. Not only that, are they asking for your social media URLs, but they are also asking for passwords to gain access to it. I'm not, I, I heard people say that, and I thought it was total bullshit, and then I'm reading and I guess what they mean is if your site is password protected or if it's set to privacy, we want to be able to see it. You know what? Look, you're looking for a reason to not give me this job. I got that. How about I help you? Go fuck yourselves. You know, the mob, when they busted the mob, I interviewed this guy, Freddie Santoro, as part of the Ozzy crime all your time video series about mafia stuff in New York. And he said, we couldn't get these guys to talk at all. They arrested all these, these, these mid-level mob guys. And they said, okay, well, we're not getting anywhere with this. Tell you what, we got your phone records. We'll just talk to your wives and see if they can, co- you know, they can coordinate and help us identify who some of these numbers are. Got them to talk. The last thing these mob guys wanted was their wives looking at their fucking phone records. They were, at, at that point, that you could beat them with a baseball bat or hose. They're not going to roll. They're tough guys. We're not going to, oh, Myrtha, oh, Myrtha, oh, Myrtha. Yeah. And now you ask it for, for the express pleasure of making some hourly salary that you want. <laughs> no. They're getting people's private stuff. What, what could it be? I mean, like, we've talked about the, the shoebox of possibilities. What could it be in that shoebox? 
Nothing in it. If you can't imagine it, you can't imagine it being in the shoebox. So there's nothing unknown in that shoebox. Like that that uh, uh, candidate, political candidate in New York, who somebody tried to out him as being in the SNM. He was like, "That's my thing. It's got nothing to do with anything. That's my thing. Go ahead, have at it." Like my thing of getting busted for something, standing at the podium and say, "So you got me." And, and, I mean, <laughs> so. So there's this ducking and dodging and the, this, this image in reality. And it's like, look, look, <laughs> it's all there to see. What's not on the resume is on Google. One of the things that, that, that when I first took the job, one of the really intrusive things at Ozzy that Carlos Watson did was ask me, hey, you going to embarrass me? Like, what are you talking about? He goes, is there anything that you've done that's going to embarrass me? I said, anything I've done that anybody else would consider embarrassing, not me, is available on the web and YouTube. He goes, no, nah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, have you ever been arrested? Well, I was like, yeah. Oh, you know, and told him the Abe Lincoln story. He goes, ah, that's all right. But nothing for assault or anything like that. I go, no. Nah. It's funny to see him use that against me years later, but that's neither here nor there. It's all an open book. And I resent the open book, but it is where we are now. Radio station Madagascar, records I probably don't get paid for, but at least probably I could maybe play a Madagascar. I mean, if the ultimate objective is to have more people exposed to your art versus less, I I, I get it. But the identity issue is is, is curious. And one of the people that interviewed me works at a big uh, Hollywood uh, um, Hollywood Biz Journal. And we were talking about rumors. Somehow we got into talking about who's closeted. And, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, My sexual peccadillos, I'm glad to share them. (laughs) I'm glad to share them. (laughs) Very few people want to hear it. Which is why, which is why, why I have jujitsu. <laughs> they are trapped and can't, can't avoid hearing. So, sorry, the ears, it's, it's, it's maddening. So, so, but I realized this at one point that the universe I inhabit is very different from, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Set the chips in the lube. I love that story. Uh, anyway, the world I inhabit is very different. I'll go back to Dwayne, my roommate for several years and the best man at my first wedding, who no longer speaks to me. And he, he was big into cycling. Come back and he's like, man, you won't believe what the fuck happened to me. What happened? And he's like, yeah, it's a car full of white teens. Now that I know the area better, they were probably gun high school students going to gun high. So they were trying to drive me up. How many had to try? They were trying to throw sticks in my spokes. They pulled up next to me and they were, this is 1983. Yes. 1983. And I was like, what? Are you, are you kidding? He's like, no. He's like, hey, man, life is very different at 145 or something to that effect. He was about five foot six, about 145 pounds. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. I guess. And I had a girlfriend once. She was talking to me. And she was talking, had been talking to me about an ex-boyfriend of hers who she was telling me was very handsome and that he was really blind to the fact that he was blind to, to how much space the world got, gave him as a result of him being physically pleasing to look at. And I'm listening and I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck and then I realized eight years later that she wasn't talking about him, that she was taking a shot at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's taken a shot at me. Of course, you know I remember slights. I've never been able to do anything with that uh, with that information. But you know, it's like okay, so he's uh, all this stuff. But this is repeated by Dwayne, and Dwayne says, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a different world. So when I hear about these people being closeted in Hollywood, I was like, what the fuck, what the fuck would I do that for? And then I think about Rupert Everett. Or was that his name? The guy who was in three weddings and a funeral, whatever. His big breakout moment. And then dude outs himself, or they were trying to out him. He not only outs himself as gay, but says, yeah, I used to be a male prostitute. What of it? There's a reason I don't know his last name. I haven't seen him recently, have you? Was it enough to destroy you? It's enough for me to say, I am as I am. Like Popeye said, I am what I am. But I don't have, I don't have a mansion riding on that. I don't have a Rolls Royce riding on that. I don't have a headlining movie right. So I started to think, well, would any of us see fewer Tom Cruise movies if we knew that Tom Cruise likes sausage? Hmm? I don't give a shit whether Tom Cruise likes sausage or not. It doesn't bother me. In fact, in, in fact, I would prefer Tom Cruise be Tom Cruise, whoever that is in whatever small space of time where he's not being Jack Reacher or Ethan Hunt or whoever these fucking characters he disappears into, that he was just cool being, you know, (laughs) that he was just cool, cool being him. I've often said, you know, people at one point, they thought in the early days of the internet, a quick and ready way to insult somebody would say, oh, you're gay, you're gay. Somebody said, ah, Eugene's gay. I go, first of all, with all that gayness that you're referencing, could you introduce me to the men I've slept with? I'd like to meet them. Anyone, anyone you find who is claiming to have had sex with me, I would like to meet them. Because <laughs> I, I, I want to know how I was. It would, it would, it would be. It's just great. If you're a real egomaniac, I don't care. I just want the early reviews. How was he? I mean, to me, it's like saying, like you know, you're Chinese. You guys, I'm not offended. I don't give a shit. However, however, like with the Dwayne thing, nobody's throwing spokes to my will. I could go out. You know, I mean, back in the punk rock days, I'd be walking around the streets wearing a kilt. Only people who bothered me were cops. Hey, got a kilt there. I go, yeah, it's a kilt. You know what they say about what's under a Scotsman's kilt. I say, uh, is this part of official interrogation or we just chewing chewing the fat, shooting the shit? He goes, well, you don't have to get like that. 
<laughs> you know, you and your skirt. I go, you called it a kilt. He goes, well, kilt, skirt. I'm having this conversation while they're walking down the street in San Francisco with a car with two cops in it. Hey, bro, don't you have somebody else to talk to? Doesn't bother me. Identity issues. So um, if somebody comes up to me and says, uh, Eugene, uh, as has happened, my name is no longer Noah. My name is Jack. I'm like, how you doing, Jack? Hey, hey Eugene, my name, my, my name is no, I'm, I'm not Patrick. I'm Patricia, you know. Whatever. How you doing, Patricia? How you doing? How, how, what's happening? But somehow, somehow this has been conflated. Now, now, some this is not going to go down a typical road. If you've read the Substack, which I wrote about Dave Chappelle, you think it's going down, down a, a one road, but it's not. You know, yeah, it's well-known, well-established. I'm open-minded, progressive in, 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 insofar as social issues are concerned. But I'm with my kid. And I'm on Stanford campus. And typically we have a routine. We check the mail. We're doing some other things. And they're welcoming students back, right? And uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm... I'm uh, I'm looking around, you know, and there are balloons set up in the shape of spelling out Stanford and the kid, you know, she's digging it. There's like colored balloons and all this stuff happening. And I hear somebody say, would you like to sing? They're not talking to me, but I hear off in the distance. I go, oh, this is like a, it's a band thing or something. It's some music thing. So I kind of start to back up into it, kind of wander over to see what it is. You know, it was like some choir or mendicants or some, you know, some barbershop, some stuff I wasn't interested in. And, uh, but, you know, I want to see who the singer is, who's really passionate about singing. And I turn around and I don't, I don't see any, any, any dudes over at the table. I mean, I see, I see nothing but dudes at, at the table. Um, but then I see this woman there at the table and, um, and she's got, she's handing out flyers and stuff. And it seems like the voice had come from her. And and then she says again to somebody else, hey, would you like to sing? And I go, oh, oh, it's a trans dude, you know, very hand, very attractive trans dude, and, you know, hair and his makeup and whatever, you know, dressed like a woman. With, um, and so she's there. And And my first instinct in my head, my first instinct in my head was like, come on, come on with that. And I thought, oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. But then just as fast, I realized, I realized it had nothing to do, what it had to do with is, I remember in 1981, setting up my table in the exact same spot and I was selling the Birth of Tragedy magazine, which later ended up feature, featuring everybody from Charles Manson to Allen Ginsberg to all these different people. But I had like the second issue or the first issue in my hand, and I was selling it there. I'm sitting there with a Mohawk, engineer boots, the tattoos, selling my, my, my magazine. And Donald Kennedy, the president, walks by with some dignitaries or somebody. And he just, not even the stink eye. Like, what 
the fuck is going on on my campus? And he walks by, like, neck craning, like, all the way. He was a biology professor. He was dealing with students all the time. His daughter, well, I, you know, I don't want to, look, <laughs> okay. <laughs> she was in school at the same time I was. We don't need to go there. But he was like, it was a mixture of outrage and this and that. This is the president of the university when I was there. And now dude skates in uh, uh, and ha- has an awakening. He's dressing like a woman. Is bi- non-binary. Cool. And it's like, everybody loves you? I was jealous. Nobody was loving up on the, the mohawked black guy with tattoos in 1980. You might see movies where you think people like liked punk rockers, but one of my favorite punk rock t-shirts is like, I was punk rock back when it was called Hey Faggot, right? And I know people didn't do this with me, but that was implied with the cops. And so now, like everybody, viva la difference, but it's like, what do I want, right? What do I want? Do I want... I'm accepting. Do I want? I'd like the whole world to be accepting. But am I angry that? <laughs> am I am I doing the old guy thing of like you think kids? You think you got it easy these days? You think you got it easy these days? I I, I had to fight rednecks and jocks, but <laughs> no, I mean, which I never had to do outside of the cuisines in my ear, which is now painting me, and I'm dizzy during the show. I got to get the plug out. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to do it. I got a whole drawer full of ear things and none of them are working. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I got, I got to get over that. Not only do I have to get over that, I got to get over my insane hatred of Stanford. I got it. I'm always complaining about it. I'm 59 years old. I got to stop. I got to stop. But, you know, and once I, once I realized it was a personal thing about me and Stanford, I could kind of look at the, the kerfuffle, the hubbub that was sprung up around not only the J, uh, the, 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 the Chappelle show, which I think is, is a MacGuffin, you know, um, and, and, and this whole movement that, you know, that has kicked off about, about athletes, you know, um, and, you know, who, who, do you compete as your biological gender or as your chosen gender? And how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you handle that? Is this, is this right that you, you know, at the age of 35, I mean, for example, um, there's a great, uh, I can't remember the name of it, that great documentary on Netflix about the power lifter who w- was trans and underwent a, a whole shitload of surgery, but uh, um, was still super powerful even after the transition. Completely believable, you know, as, as, a, as a woman, but this is, I'm living my life, whatever. Um, and maintained uh, maintained an orientation a sexual orientation didn't automatically want to start sleeping with the people that she had been training with she was attracted to women that hadn't changed right so um um so the, these discussions start start to conflate and I, and I start to you know I'm starting to think like yeah four specials and dude is still talking about this Four specials, and he's still talking about it. And if you read the Substack, I finally have this epiphany because his language has changed. He is using the right pronouns until that you know your 
until he comes up with a joke, which is, you know, your father was a fine man. Um, and then, you know, even better woman or some, some kind of recognition. I, I don't know. It seemed to be like my first, one of my first major public appearances that was in the realm of music, which I found, found to be fundamentally more honest in acting. Um, um, it, it was at the farm where I had been walking in that kilt when the cops were cruising me. And uh, people greeted me with bottles, cans, garbage, and spit. And I couldn't have been happier. Because <laughs> no matter how much you hated me, it was a drop in the ocean of how much I hated you. <laughs> and I realized that this punk, my tribal punk rock identification, much like the Repo Man, most people spend their time avoiding conflict, the repo man seeks it out, has created a psycho monograph for me where if I hurt somebody's feelings in the course of, you know, in the course of creating something, then I, you know what, you can join the millions of other people who don't like or care about Eugene S. Robinson. For example, Angie Ardvidson. She was brutally murdered on, on Stanford campus in 1982, 83. But prior to that, Prior to that, she was, we lived in the same freshman dorm. I thought she was very cool. I liked her quite a lot. And uh, she's smart, really smart. And we were sitting around talking. And of course, I'm just, I'm like fresh off the boat from Brooklyn, the blood cake to my face, spent all of my time out with Cougines actually out at the, on the other side of uh, in Ridgewood in Queens, in the border between Brooklyn and Queens. You know, John Gotti stop, stomping around. I don't say that to excuse. I say that to explain. And I'm telling some story to Angie, uh, to a group of people. And I'm saying, so anyway, so anyway, this chick comes in and she, and she stops and she says acidly, chick. And I was also smart enough to know what kind of political point she was making. And I go, yeah. So anyway, this chick. <laughs> and I finished the story. And later she was talking to some people. She goes, you know. I like Eugene. Um, he's just so pseudo macho, though. <laughs> and the way the sentence was constructed, it wasn't like she li- she would like me, but for the pseudo machismo. But she liked me not not despite it, but because of it in a in a way. <laughs> like she saw that I got it. I could see that she saw that I got. It. She could see that I got the point that she was making. And that implies willingness to somehow change. But I didn't do four fucking specials about it, castigating her for giving me a hard time about using the word chick. I I think maybe in a later incarnation, somebody did that to me and I go, chicky, honey, baby, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean, bird, bird, if we're in England. Bird. And I remember Howard Stern or somebody did something like that afterward. I go, that guy's kind of an asshole. But I was be I was. This was my version of comedic. I'm telling a story, right? I'm telling a story, and and for this, you know, for this, she forgave me enough to gloss me with the pseudo machismo name, and we were friends up until she died. Was murdered, murdered by a guy who blacked out. They found him. He was the, a diaper delivery guy. And I, the whole time before they found the guy, he was with his family, had jumped in the car and was trying to get into Mexico. 
And the whole time I was like, please, please don't let him be black. Please don't let him be black. And they find the guy and he's like six foot two, blonde hair, blue eyes. I was like, ha! Look at that. Look at those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but the funny thing is at one point, um, yeah, Nick Cave. It was Nick Cave who I pissed off. <laughs> like within the first, the day started out so promising. <laughs> we were singing together in, at the London uh, Jazz Festival, Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> yeah, you can read about it. This is, I, I love Nick Cave. I don't know how I pissed him off. I thought, man, that would have been fucking mind-blowing if you had just started singing that song, uh, that Jacques Brel song in French instead of doing the Scott Walker English version. But, I, I, you know, if you hang around certain types... I said, if I wanted to take a shot at you, I'd take a shot at that bald spot. <laughs> I'm not nearly deft or clever enough. <laughs> you know, deft or clever enough to, to like be making it over the English versus the French version. For all I knew, he spoke French. What the hell do I know? <laughs> these guys are sensitive. Like the Oxbow song says, everybody's so sensitive these days. But not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could have got lots of different ways with that. But look, I, we're gonna, we had an opportunity to meet again because uh, uh, Barry was playing. Barry Adamson is the one who was my entree into this world. He said, yeah, come on to the show. I came to the show and Jonathan Richmond was there and all these types. But I just didn't want to meet Barry. I just, whatever. I'm not there for... And then he's like, everybody was kind of hanging around, like talking for a long, waiting for Nick. I was like, I don't need to talk to that guy now. His feelings are still hurt, you know? <laughs> uh, there are a bunch of people who won't talk to me. I know because I asked them to do five easy pieces for the Substack, and they're like, ah, I'm busy. I go, well, when are you going to be not busy? I'm, I'm busy pretty much for the rest of the year. I go, okay, well, what about next year? Well, I'll let you know. <laughs> it's all right it's all right you gotta understand <laughs> i'm never going away so uh <laughs> so anyway so so uh, fundamentally Chappelle has been apologizing and like somebody who's trying to offer a genuine apology he's edging himself to having it feel more heartfelt not for our benefit but for his own personal benefit and he's dropping clues all along the way you know, and finally he figured he would, he calls it the closer that he would shut down conversation and be saying, look, look, it's just that I'm identifying with this, the, the, the you know, the African-American experience vis-a-vis, but most of the people being killed are, are black, you know, African-American trans people. So, so, you know, this is not, not, I got it. You, you have, you know, you've been apologizing and don't want to, you want to kind of do this thing, all you guys talking about cancel coaches, bullshit. There's no such fucking thing. You guys are multimillionaires. You guys are multimillionaires. We use cancel. It's just another marketing ploy. Stop it. Yeah, well, that's what I say that, you know, is all of a sudden you're cozying up to people. And that's an unintended consequence. But really, what you want to do is you don't want people to mean, be mean to you because they, they look over a joke. I got it. You know who else lost it? Andrew Dice Clay. The second he broke character and started crying, he was done. You know who never did that? Don Rickles. 
Yeah, he always did that turnabout in the show where he said, you know, I offend everybody. You know, I, uh, I offend the blacks, the Spanish, the, the Jews. Well, maybe not so much the Jews. And then he goes. <laughs> but he never, he never stepped out from behind that curtain, leading you to comfortably believe that that was Don Rickles. And ultimately, that did become Don Rickles. But you don't have to tell me that you were joking if your job is joker. It's unseemly. And you just spent four fucking specials doing it. Four. It's like the last five minutes of the uh, uh, of the freaking Scorsese movie. What, what, what the hell is that movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? And uh, what, what is that? What is that movie? That, uh, there he is, Mr. Coney. What a, come on, somebody help me out. Jack Nicholson, uh, DiCaprio, uh, the Wahlberg kid, and the, what the hell is that movie uh, that he won all the awards for that was ruined for me in the last five minutes? I got it. He had to have the rat running across the balcony. The Departed, thank you. Okay, all right, I got you. Four fucking specials. I Just stop it already. And I mean, you know, I mean, during, during, I mean, this was a constant meditation on this kind of weird gender. It's like, if I was gay, I'd be using glory holes. I'd be but, but dick in the glory holes. And uh, I want those, I love gays. I love those Stonewall guys. It's like, what the fuck is this thing? How old? Listen, if you are over 40 and you're a, you're a man who's over 40 and you have not seriously considered the issue of your possible homosexuality, you're fucked up and we can't hang around you. We, we can't hang around you because you're not to be trusted. You don't know, we don't know what you're going to do. I, I had that moment. I had him. I remember clearly thinking, sitting at a homeroom in high school and going, hey, I wonder if I'm gay. <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right. There's no thought that should be foreign or strange to me. If I was going to have sex, uh, who would I have sex with? Oh, yeah, I'd have sex with John. And then I realized, like, ah, yeah, okay, I'm all right. <laughs> Why? Because John was very feminine looking. So now if John would look like a fucking lumberjack, I would go, yeah, I'm probably gay. I get Now I'm, I'm glad to have faced that early, get it out of the way. But I've always been very relaxed. <laughs> Mr. Fox, that's very funny. <laughs> so, look, the reality of it is, all these guys who are comedians, comedian is like an athlete. You don't think that? These jobs are all like athletes. Which ones? Oh, Eugene, what about mathematicians? Mathematicians do their best work in their 20s. Sorry. That's the reality. You don't have any 50-year-old mathematicians going, oh, coming up with great shit. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Doesn't, doesn't happen. Okay? Comedy is the same thing. Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy is talking to, 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 to Seinfeld about going on the road again. He's going to go on the road again. It's like that SNL skit. <laughs> oh, she's a tired baby. Ah, kid, get some sleep. 
It's like, look, there's an SNL skit with it was like Christopher Guest and some other maybe uh, the guy who was uh, oh I used to like him so much, a subliminal guy, um, Kevin Nealon. And they, you know, the construction workers, and they're like, yeah, we should probably, we should probably do that. Uh, and then they kind of pause and they go, who are we kidding? There's something else we're never going to do. Ah! Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's strong suit actually wasn't his, his stand-up. Eddie Murphy's genius was his sketch stuff. Every single one. John David Stutz, the man who shot Buckwheat. Buckwheat, Gumby. That's where he was shining. You try to watch Raw or Delirious, they're, they're kind of like, man. And he is, he's apologized for Raw at this point in time. But he was a man of the moment. We were, re- I mean, and it's the same thing. We were referencing, unlike Will Chappelle, started as a stand-up, was equally great with sketch, and never stopped doing stand-up. But something changes when you start getting tens of millions of dollars in the bank. <laughs> uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars in the bank. I, I don't wouldn't know, but I imagine it softens some of the edges. Now, Bill Burr is still incredibly funny, but Bill Burr has a genetic predisposition for being cranky. He grew up with a father who was a rageaholic. So whether he's rich or poor, unless he gets to the point where he doesn't have to do anything with the public, like grocery shop or wait in line or drive places himself, he's going to be running into stuff. I mean, essentially, stand-up comedy is about carefully crafted critiques and complaints. I mean, and this is what he, Chappelle's like, I don't people say I'm punching down, you know, fuck that. But, but it's like, it's just four specials. We got to we. Bill Burr, I love Bill Burr. No, 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 I don't think he, I don't think he should go away. Bill Burr is actually one of the few lefty stand-up comedians. You don't know it, but if you listen carefully, he's like a lefty progressive old style, you know, Bostonian progressive. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he dropped the cancel thing. He realized that, that was bullshit. Yeah, he 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 has it. He's he, he he doesn't need it. He doesn't, and then of course he's making movies now too, and he's been great in the movies. Whatever. It's Rogan that's strayed. Hogan, Hojogan, who strayed a bit for the cash, for the cash. Which is who could you know cash? You could do a lot of whatever things, cash things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what's funny in the chats i have it set up so that and i didn't realize i had set it up this way so that if you curse in your in your uh in your chat i have to review it <laughs> so before i before i so then i have to hit a little button that says okay so rogan is a shithead I had the okay, and I'm sure I was like, you know, I'm sure Rogan could deal with that. <laughs> I didn't ask him to sing it in French, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> exactly.
exactly. So, so you know, the whole Chappelle thing and gender identity. Look, the issue with and, and, and the issue with the the trans things and sports. Um, and I, I, there's there's a curious twist, which I've embraced, right? And it's like I'm concerned about. Uh, and of course, there's the good old fashioned mind your fucking business. The corollary to what business is it of yours? None of this is my business, right? But in, in, in the spirit of proper naming, in the spirit of proper naming, I, I, I don't feel that there should be shame connected to being a trans woman or a trans man. I don't, I don't think that that, that that should be the case. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, but I'm also very comfortable with people using and distorting language in whatever way gives them pleasure. It's it. Remember QTAT? Quick time across town. It doesn't call. Ca- it doesn't slow down my quick time across town to refer to you as non-binary. It doesn't slow down my quick time across town to refer to you as they and them. It doesn't. It doesn't. It has zero impact on my life. And similarly, since high school, I've been very much the same way. Whatever, whatever. I think I wrote about that guy at Langan. Um, whatever, whatever you want to do. If it doesn't keep me from making quick time across town, and it doesn't violate my sense of fair play. By which I mean, if 20 of you and your friends want to beat up on a single guy, it violates my sense of fair play. I'm not going to be down with that. But if you want to suck as much dick as you can get into your mouth, that is completely up to you. I'm personally fine with it. I'm I'm happy that it's so easy for you. <laughs> news radio yeah <laughs> uh, so the fact that Chappelle has stopped is good news the fact that he now maybe has to go back to crafting real comedy pieces means that he'll have to stretch he can think about this stuff on his own time but in, t- in terms of the modern world things that I've been thinking about <laughs> in terms of the modern world things I've been thinking about I spent 0.07% of my time thinking about trans issues. I spent a lot more time thinking about HIV and AIDS and herpes and syphilis and gonorrhea. Those have captured my attention. But those are not modern world issues. Those are world issues. What of the modern world, you know, oh, should athletes be able to, should combat athletes, should you be able to be a 40-year-old man who decides he's he feels more comfortable in the skin of a woman and then but still wants to compete in MMA? Um, I don't know if there's anything wrong with a trans league. At this point now, you have enough athletes to do it. Well, maybe you don't have enough to have a comfortable league. Well, welcome to the club. I was born in 1962. 
you know, when I go to people, guys on my team go to compete. You say, oh, you got to do a thing in November? I kind of have a little thing. I'd like to go and compete in November, but I know the two-step. You know how I know? Because I have other guys at other schools. And I'll say stuff to them like, hey, how, how old is the oldest guy at your school? You know how often I hear 59? Never. I never hear 59. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Is gets it. <laughs> Why I might have been concerned. So, you, you, you know, I mean, uh, so it, it is nice to see. I mean, oh, so the, the, the translate. So, I mean, I, you know, I can't, if, you, if you're 40 years old and you're trying to have a career as a professional athlete, you need to know that much like the mathematicians said, you might be past it. So form a trans league and then, you know, then fight other trans folks. That's not really the issue. The issue, of course, is is when you get a high school student and then and then what, what do you do? But these these again, these are weed issues that don't concern me. Policy issues that don't concern me. Leave them alone. I'm doing whatever. So okay, would you want this guy to start screaming at me? Actually, jujitsu. Well, do you want your girl, your, all your daughters wrestle? You want them wrestling boys? I go, they did. He goes, bullshit. I go, I've got video of Grace beating a, a, a boy who's screaming. And I go after, what, what's, what was he screaming? She goes, he was screaming, now. Nah! He pinned his ass. You don't know that, Seth. <laughs> you, you don't know why it was called that. The, the song Gal might be your entree into understanding why it was called that. Yeah. So he goes, well, you know, what? it's like, what? You, my, my daughters were whipping up. My daughters are capable of beating grown adult men. They've been doing this shit since they were four or five. Stop it. There's a guy I trained with. He's like, I don't, don't use my strength. I go, go ahead and use your strength. Go ahead and use your strength. Go ahead. Let's see what happens. So um, so he's like, well, you know, do you want your daughter sit in the same locker room? I go, hey, man, come on, man. Come on. Come on, come on. These straw, fucking straw man arguments. It's got nothing to do with you. I got, I, I got news for you. If they had unisex bathrooms... I would cruise in there to take a dump with fucking glee. You know how many women would want to be in a stall next to me when I was taking a dump? Not very many. It's like, you got to understand in the, in the shoebox, the universal shoebox of possibilities, everything that we can imagine fits in that box. This shouldn't be strange to any of us at all. What are you, seven or eight years old? You're afraid somebody's going to see your, 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 your pee-pee? The biggest band that we toured with, Oxbow, has been ISIS. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jumbo. LBJ and Jumbo. It just doesn't fucking concern you. And I tell you something, I don't cry easily. All right. 
I don't cry easily. When I'm at Ozzy, when I'm at Ozzy, I'm sitting uh, editing the transcript. So they had a video show called Defining Moments. And I'm editing the transcript because it was supposed to be a wraparound article for every video show. And so I just picked a, I, I had to assign some. So I gave his Excel spreadsheet. I just picked random, random names, gave them to different people. I don't know who these people are. I don't watch TV. And I picked the name Laverne Cox because I'm 12 years old in my head. And the name Cox cracked me up. And Laverne Cox is a, is a trans woman I discovered who's on that TV show, uh, oh God, I don't remember, Pose? Is it Pose? Um, and so I'm reading her transcript and uh, she's talking about, she's either talking about herself or somebody that she knew who was from, oh my God, it sounds like it's raining. It is raining. Oh, I gotta get my letters out. All my old letters are on the on the deck. Um and she's talking about either herself or somebody else who why they had to leave Jamaica. And essentially the whole town, the whole village where they lived in Jamaica had risen up against them. It's like open season. You're driving by, you'd spit on her. Throw shit at her. And I got fucking choked up. Because if you've ever been in that situation, like I was <laughs> in September of 1980 in Brooklyn, where you've got massive numbers, but, and, and I don't say three people is not massive, but this was all of Bay Ridge fundamentally, right? As I would have discovered if I had run or like those guys discovered who got murdered there within six months after this happened to me. Yusef Hawkins, I think was his name. Just going to, with a friend who wanted to buy a car there, ended up shot. You talk about isolation. I, I saw my father, the one class I saw my father teach, and he talked about the difference between isolation and desolation. And these were both, the whole town. Now, I'm a punk rock guy, and I welcome a certain amount of hatred. But if I wanted a prescription for something that would turn me into a murderer, that would be it. I got choked up. I was like, you know, to be able to... Because you want to wear a fucking skirt. You got to put up with this. Fuck no. Fuck no. Fuck no. So, wow, it's really raining. I got to get these letters out off the, off the deck. Um, so, a, uh, so at this point now, I don't care for your fucking jokes. I don't care. That community, you know, people said, oh, oh. Caitlyn Jenner is so brave, and the people made fun of, of, of being brave. All you do is get your cock and balls cut up, look brave. Look, look. Okay, yeah, Caitlyn, multi-millionaire famous person, maybe is not dealing with a lot of agita. But there are a lot of people who are laboring in obscure, obscurity just trying to go about their business. 
And don't hit me with that. Well, you know, if you trick somebody into having sex with you, trick somebody. This guy I know was at a bus stop. Comes to work the next day. Says, you won't believe what happened to me last night. What happened? I was waiting for the bus. And this woman sucks me off at the bus stop. It was great. And they had to tell this kid, that was no woman. Now, I'm sure many women have sucked somebody they knew off at a bus stop. But the numbers of women who actually sucked somebody off who they didn't know, probably not that high. And he's like, paused for a bit. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe it was a woman. (laughs) I thought that was the best way to handle it. (laughs) That was like the best way to handle it. Easily. The best way to handle it. Whatever. Let's just call it a woman. So, so, (laughs) um, um, so it's none of your business. Leave them the fuck alone. It's a hard road to hold. Nobody's doing it to vouchsafe any kind of privilege or step in front of a line for anybody. It's just enough. Enough. Two guys live together? What? And what? What? You don't know. There's roommates. You don't know. Well, they live in the same place. Maybe one guy sleeps on the couch, the other guy sleeps on the Maybe they sleep in the same room. Either play married couples that don't have sex, maybe they're like that. It's none of your goddamn business. It's none of your business. It's none of your business. None, 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 none. Four comedy specials. So I think Chappelle's stuff was revelatory, some of his early stuff. Maybe maybe he was... Yeah, I got into an argument with Bruce on a TV, on Bill Boggs' TV show in New York City in 1979. It's weird. I've been waiting years to to run 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 into uh, run run into him again. Of course, if I run into Caitlin, I'm going to bring up the story. We gonna fuck up a 17 year old Mr. Tough the decathlon guy. But whatever, I mean, it, it enriches the tapestry as far as I'm concerned. I'm not put out by any of this. So I, 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 in a very long way, have gone about explaining the underpinnings of what it was in that substack today, um, as well as kind of delve into identity issues. What do you give a fuck? What do you care? I got friends who are like, yo, you know, but this thing you're changing, you know, gender is, you know, gender, you know, gender is a reality. It's a fact. And so all of a sudden you're a philosopher who gives a shit. Who gives a shit? I don't care. Black is white. White is black. Ice is warm. Water's dry. This is immaterial. Quick time, cross town. Help me make it. But I'm going to have to blame social media here because from my space to here, you got this idea that everybody guys need to be heard from. Man, you know what? Everybody doesn't need to be heard from. You know how I know? I sometimes shop at Target. Try talking to people at Target. Not everybody needs to be heard from. And I don't think it's a class issue. Because you can go to Nordstrom's and get the same experience. Not everybody needs to be heard from. Anyway, the kid is screaming. <laughs> She's tired beyond. <laughs> uh, Makai. Yeah, Makai. <laughs> That's funny. He's on a new record. I haven't heard that. I saw a picture of Ian. I was like, man, Ian, bro. 
You look old. You're older than me. <laughs> he is older than me. He and Rollins are both older than me, so maybe that's why he looks so old. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of 186. See if you can live long enough to to, to hear 187 next week. We have a JJ. We have a JJB coming up. I'm gonna run on the deck and rescue rescue my letters before they're all soaking wet. Um, and uh, and and push the JJB up. If you set the notification so it rings, it'll let you know when it's up. Um, Monday afternoon, care don't care. There's another fight next weekend. This fight this past weekend, zero cares. This fight the next weekend, one care, and that's Vittori versus Acosta. And I picked Vittori, but at noon tomorrow, uh, care don't care comes, and, and we all start talking about film. You know, we all start talking about film. So when we get to like forty-five minute mark, and then Tuesday it's uh, if the shoes fit, and with uh, uh, it's kid kid not taze week. So if you know what the special secret deal is, I don't want to reveal it here, but you know we're going to be doing that again. So you get that. Become a fan of Let It Roll podcast. The Substack is there. Watch that one fight next weekend, and we'll see you Sunday, God willing. Don't die. I can't scream. She's about to go to sleep, but you know what I want to say. Look what you made me do.